Hey you. Yes, I mean you, dear listener. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Warui Desho podcast, made in association with Wave Motion Canon. We're so happy to have the pleasure of your company today. If you've listened to us before and like our show, you might be wondering how you can support us, since we won't take your money. This podcast will continue to be free, but if you'd like to show your appreciation, please consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes, as those help our discoverability. If you don't use iTunes, that's fine too. You can follow us and like and share our content on SoundCloud, Twitter, and sometimes the Wave Motion Cannon YouTube page. Additionally, we love getting your feedback, positive or negative. Tweet us at Show or email us at Show at gmail.com. Whether or not it gets read on the show, I can assure you, we all read every tweet and email you send us. And once again, dear listener, we thank you so much. Now please, enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back to Wari Desh Show, and we're here again with Stream of Thought on everyone's favorite flower child of an MMO currently that, sorry, MMO, I mean to say uh, anime, already slurring my words really bad there, Recovery of an MMO Junkie, and we're back today with episode five, Secret Triangle, the, which is not a secret, uh, sorry, not a sequel to um, Crystal Triangle, thank God, um, that would be really Really bad if that was the case. I made a horrible face. I thought you might have done. Because every time I think of Crystal Triangle, the Lost Warrior Desho episode, I Rip. My, it, it just wrinkles up. It's like I'm sucking on a raw, skinless lemon. Um, <laughs> and I definitely do not want to see um, anime Gabe Newell appear anytime soon. So thank God. That, yeah, bad, bad or good memories? I forgot about that. I forgot about um, the anime Gabe Newell. That's... I'm, I almost want to go back and rewatch that now. <laughs> no, no, let's let's instead talk about Secret Triangle, Episode 5 of Recovery of an MMO Junkie. So, last time on Secret Triangle, I mean, sorry, MMO Junkie. Oh, I only came my words, but so... We should, we should introduce ourselves. Fuck. All right. It's yeah, okay. you're right. I'm Shaden. I'm the one with the MMO experience and also the loudest mouth in anime podcasting worldwide. And joining me today from across the pond is my esteemed colleague and delightful fellow, the Sussel Doxer. That's me. I'd, I'd hope so. I don't want no imposters taking over this podcast. I mean, your friend Krusty has already been on here more than enough. So next time he gets on, I'm just going to shoot him dead. He's, uh, he might be boycotting us now uh, because of all the, you know, episodes about current anime. But fuck that guy. That's what I say. He... he- He's the one who would tell me that Garzi's wing is modern art. So, he, he might as far do. as I'm concerned, his opinion is null and void. Unsubscribe, Krusty. So, uh, last time when we picked off, Sakurai finally made the connection, or rather got hints as to Hayashi's true identity, and it might be Morimori-chan. So, we pick up in pretty immediately where we left off from that. And there's a bit of discussion. Uh, Sakurai's, like, piecing things together that he's heard... And in the end, he's just like, thinks to himself, no way, it's a coincidence. It does not happen. Um, coincidences are the name of the game of this episode, regressively, though. So I'm afraid Sakurai is dead wrong on this point. But he ultimately writes it all off as just a, a coincidence. Like, can't be possible. Not, not going to happen. Can I ask you a question? By all means. Slightly, slightly off track. I'm sorry if, uh, if this is in the outline already and we'll get to it. Let me know, but... I am curious. So the name of this episode, if you looked at it before you watched it, at least when I did, I thought, okay, some secret love triangle is developing. Mm-hmm. But did you did you come away with that Im- impression that that is in fact what it meant? Because I thought it might be something slightly different, but it may make more sense to talk about it after th- we we run down the plot. No, I think you. I think that approach is what it is, and I think it's so secret. Even the characters don't really know. Okay. I think I think it's kind of like some sort of strange rock paper scissors thing going on here, where Mario like doesn't know how to feel about Sakurai or Koai. 
Kawhi doesn't know how to feel. Like, well, he knows exactly how he feels about Marioka, but or does he? We don't know. This is the question. And Sakurai is just confused and ashamed of himself, generally speaking. So it, I think that there's certainly the setup for a love triangle here. But I don't think anyone has actually realized it yet. I don't think anyone's truly come to terms with what they actually want. What, what I came away with in the end was that secret was not an adjective describing triangle, but that it was a triangle mm-hmm. of secrets, not a secret love triangle. Also, fa- also valid. Yeah, so this is, uh, I thought that the episode <laughs> title was really interesting. I thought it was was kind of provocative. Um mm. But like you said, like there's not an out and out love triangle by the end of episode five that's really developed yet. Uh, you could argue that there are some different sides to the triangle, right? Like uh, with Lilac, how Lilac feels about uh, Hayashi, uh, of course, Sakurai and uh, Moriko and is in the mix there. So Sakurai writes this all off as basically one giant coincidence. And after we get a bit of a flashback in which uh, Kowai relates, like, you know, that, oh, I can't wait for my date with Mori Mori-chan, uh, while Sakurai's, like, you know, trying to eat some rice and chips, I think. But in reality, he's just eating on sour grapes at this point, really, I'd feel. So I think getting his nose rubbed into it, you know, a little bit there, even though Kowai, like, says to him, you can come join us if you want. Because I'm sure that Sakurai would really love to be the third wheel there. I can imagine that going down real well. Well, that's. I feel like that's that's what he really does want, though, Koiwai. But mm. he's not very good at, uh, or or maybe maybe he understands, but he just intentionally ignores like people's uh, hesitation or awkward feelings. You know, like I, I think he does. I I feel like. Gosh, I I still want to believe he wants to help push those two together, but he's just going about it in a way that is antithetical to their own personalities. I'm not so sure about that, but I, I'm going to have to actually admit that in order to... I've got a theory. In order for me to prove this, I'm going to need to go over the episodes and everything that Kowai says with a fine tooth comb. Okay. And I'll pitch it by you, though, when we get to the end of the episode. So, uh... Put a pin in that for now, Doc. Uh, buckle up. It's going to get strange. Pinned. For the meantime, uh, while Kowai is discussing his impending date, he's not the only one with that on his mind, no, because Marioka decides to visit the supermarket again. Now, she's not going this time for a usual breakfast of beer with a side of beer, but she's actually going to pick up cosmetics and such, including stockings, because she'd thrown all of hers out previously. And I won't bang too much on this drum, because I certainly hammered it home pretty hard in the previous episode, but again, we've got the fashion thing going on here personal appearance heck when there's actually like an inner like vision or imagination moment that moriko has where she's looking at her own outfit the tracksuit she's wearing and she puts levels next to all the items treating it like loot that you wear in an mmo so i don't know how much more explicit you can get than that that as far as crossing over between real life and mmo goes at least in her own head the pants were level 83 that i remember (laughs) they were good pants so, however, um, Moriko's uh, fashion issues and such are not actually the crux of what happens in this scene. Because she, of course, bumps into Fujimoto again at the checkout. And they kind of pick up their conversation from previously. And it goes something a bit like this. Oh, yeah, I play through de Mer too. Uh, oh, that's fun. Oh, that's fantastic. What serve do you play on? Oh, I, I play on the Kalmar server. Oh, really? What's your character called? Cut to black. Da-da-da. And the penny drops really, really hard here. Because, as it turns out, Fujimoto is uh, Kanbei, the guild master. The guild master. <laughs> and he look like the character looks remarkably like him in real life if you just pull off his glasses and gave him that haircut. You know, I'm actually convinced that if you were to compare Hayashi and Moriko side by side and yeah. strip away their hair. I'm fairly certain their facial features are fairly similar. I don't know if that's the case for all the characters and their real life uh, counterparts or not. It's, it's I'm, hard I'm to fairly tell. certain it doesn't apply to Poyo. We don't know though. <laughs> you can't breathe through. If you were born with that nose, you wouldn't be able to breathe through it. <laughs> Grief. It, it's it's like a clown nose. It's just not colored red. So yeah, not being able to breathe through that. But anyway, uh, Moriko, unfortunately, you know that's it. Game over. That's the end of everything as she knows it, because someone knows who she <laughs> is now. 
The truth is out. The worlds have collided. And smashed apart into pieces as far as she's concerned. So in the game, she's literally hiding in a bush as Hayashi. And this is when Lilac bumps into her. Uh, Lilac's doing some sort of escort quest that's killing time, really. And unfortunately, we hit the anime's lowest point here for me. Oh, because, okay. Well, when I say low, it's not because if I find the behavior that happens here reprehensible or anything like that. It's just that what follows is a narrative convenience so massive, it actually outdoes even own Sakurai's own, <laughs> you know, this is too convenient. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. It's it's quite ridiculous, to be quite honest. And okay. it could have so easily been fixed if they changed it slightly. I'll stop being around the bush, though, even though that's where the characters are, and get to the actual point. So, indirectly, um, Hayashi, um, Morika, relates to Lily, sorry, to Lilac, um, the problem about, you know, how someone might find out about who they are in real life and judge them based on their gender. And Lilac says something to this effect. It's okay. I have a... I met a person online who played a male ah. character, and it turned out she was a classmate of mine at university who's a girl, and it's totally cool if you're a girl playing a guy. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, hint, hint. <laughs> now, my my grievance with this is I totally get what the moral lesson of this is, that it doesn't actually matter. Yeah. Like, Lilac's like, you know, who cares yeah. This person I met is totally cool, both online and offline. It doesn't matter what they are online, or, or indeed who they are offline for that matter. You know, they're still cool, and I like them as a person. It's just that the actual story overlays way too much with what's happening with Morocco. And it comes off very contrived to me, which is a shame. Like, a couple of small changes that maybe flip the genders, I, I don't know could have made this more naturalistic rather than coming off as a contrivance as it does here. I mean, we've certainly had some silly coincidental stuff happen before. Like, you could argue that when um, Sakurai elbows uh, Moriko in the face, that's coincidence and yeah. a half, that that would happen. Yeah. But I'm willing, I'm more accepting of that because it's just its own event, as opposed to being a piece of advice doled out that's so perfectly overlays. Like, there's no Venn diagram here, it's just a single circle. And... With the exception being that, of course, that Lilac and her regular in real life friend are not in love or attracted or otherwise fumbling over each other in any way, as opposed to what's happening with Sakurai and Moriko, where they seem to be tying, tripping up Joe's shoelaces. So I appreciate the intent of this scene, but I think that it just goes a touch too far on being too like the actual scenario to come yeah. across as naturalistic. I mean, I can't, I, I have no rebuttal. I, I can offer no defense for the show in that regard. Um, I, I guess, yeah. Um, I, I think I am slightly more forgiving of it than you, but I'm... It's not a deal breaker. I'm not, I'm not saying... I, well, at no point am I saying that you're wrong about anything. I think where I will get um, upset is if the coincidences start being a big factor in how the romance resolves. Yeah. I mean, when you start building coincidences on top of coincidences, it stops feeling like natural human behavior and more like star-crossed lovers nonsense, which is not what I'm in for in any way, shape, or form. I I, I hate to say I, I like, believe me, I've been burned enough times already with anime that start off strong and then falter at the end, not no the, the, right sorry no PTSD still can't you know just recovering from the bad experience had it sounds like year. um it sounds like no. you, you have a question no if you have a question why don't you ask me I might have don't say it the right answer this structure it's referred to as a cut <laughs> I couldn't resist. I'm like Conway. I couldn't resist poking you. Which can I say in in game his personality is very aggressive. <laughs> but ultimately he's a good dude, but he really likes to poke people. <laughs> you you know, I have a thought on that. Uh thank you very much for that segue there to stop me from like, you know, just 
getting the getting the lint roller out and just running it across <laughs> the floor in, in real anger at the mention of that other show. Um, but I have an idea, actually. I'm of the opinion, actually, having seen what how Kambi acts there, that I don't think that what we're seeing in the show is necessarily how the characters are acting, but more how Morioka interprets them. I oh, think that that's if, interesting. if you... If you take the words that he says and just to think of them neutrally, they're actually fairly normal. Like, there's no acid, like, there's no, like, you know, barbs to them or anything like that. But I get the impression that the way Moriko is actually interpreting what's being said. I mean, bear in mind, all the messages here are being written in text. So there's no actual speaking, really, in reality for any of these characters. I mean, we see many times where he, Hayashi and Lily are speaking, but it's just text. There's no voice. So yeah. this is, I would argue this is Moriko, like, you know, filling the voices in for us. Uh, granted, that doesn't always apply because Moriko's not always there. So there is a certain amount of, like, you know, objective that this is how they would sound. Right. But I think that, I think that um, uh. Kanbei's personality here is just how she's seeing it now that she's been found out and is taking things really, like, you know, harshly from him. Well, he, when... it, it was that way before, though, like, whenever he was bothering Lilac, you know, about mm. her look. I, I felt he was, um, again, very sort of uh, pointed and blunt in in his words. Um, yeah. It could just be that that is Fujimoto's personality, like, when he's not uh, being a polite clerk. Or it could yes. be, or it could have nothing to do with his personality. It could have to do more with uh, his his online persona, or just the way that you uh, or that he writes. Like, uh, I have a supervisor at work who is one of the kindest, friendliest people in the world. But man, like, I struggle at times to not interpret their emails as like very harsh because they're all so terse. Like very yeah. minimal language, lots of like one to two sentence uh, email and and verbal communication uh, would would be entirely different. Um, yeah, so it could just be a text thing, uh, which sort of goes back around to what you're saying and and how she's reading it. Yeah, and if I think you actually have a very valid point there, I think that could actually more likely be the truth of the matter. But again, if that's the case, then the anime still gets away with it because it again serves the purpose of dividing and testing real life versus the you know the MMO. Right. Like we we had a very discussion on this about how people act, you know, when they're not in person. I mean, I cannot fathom for a second Fujimoto saying what he says in the game to Moriko in person. I know. And I'm not even. I know. And I'm not even. I'm not even just talking about like you know if they were behind the cow because of course he's not going to say anything like that there while he's working. I'm simply talking about in any circumstance would he say yeah. that to her yeah so i think you actually could be pretty much on the nose there maybe that's more the case than it is with mine especially given that as i say the characters all sound the same regardless of whether or not moriko's there or not so we don't have her as the lens so to speak this is when they have a bit of a heart to heart after lilac at this point has let's go finish off her quest um moriko apologizes for lying um and Fujimoto offers some advice, which is that, firstly, he'll keep all of this a secret. Because as far as he's concerned, people can play how they want as long as they don't cause any drama. And I'm totally behind that attitude. Let people do what they want as long as they don't, you know, intrude or impose. Mm -hmm. That's great. But he makes one recommendation. He gives one piece (laughs) of advice, which is not... which. Bear in mind what we know about Moriko at this point. I'm going to let you all have a little bet in your head how long it takes for her in real time in terms of the episode before yeah. this advice is ignored. But the advice is not to rely on Lily too much for advice regarding the real world. Vegas sets the over-under on that at about 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's... And I'm taking the under. Sounds about right. So, um... After having taken that advice and then having it go immediately out of the other ear, we go to the break and we cut back. And this is the point now where we get a fashion montage. Woo-hoo. So Moriko, like, you know, realizes that, oh, yeah, she's got the date with Kowai. So poor her takes the uh, cover off her mirror, looks herself and thinks she covered up her mirror. <laughs> That's like a true just jumping into Lake Neat. 
full bore. I, like, say, exactly. the clock mirrors, I, whatever. Nothing to spur me into, like, the needless, like, spending money on taking care of myself. I'm just not even going to look at my appearance. Unbelievable. I, I, to be fair, I suppose, you might, if you know, you like, your hair is a mess, you've got bags on your eyes, maybe catching yourself in a mirror every single day might be down, might, might put you down a little bit. That's also true. It's hard to say, really, because we're not got, we don't have much of an insight in what she's saying. But at the end of it, so she takes off, looks herself, face. Wow! Did I get hit with the ugly stick while I was in the MMO or when I was in real life? I don't remember. Something's critically hit me for, like, 50 damage to my face. So, poor Moriko, though, like, obviously she's not that bad, but she's going to go and, you know... Still still looks cute. Yeah, she does. She's still going to go sort... She's going to sort herself out. But... Koiwai, you know, asked her out uh, while she was, you know, at her neatest in the supermarket. So, clearly, uh, she's being a little hard on herself. Well, she was neat, but she wasn't very neat. And... Uh... I am so sorry for that, but I feel it's only fair... Deleting this recording. Start over. You pulled a grade A piece of bullshit on me before by referencing the show that shall not be named. <laughs> Don't think this isn't karma, right? This structure. It's referred to as a cut. I- I'm on to you, Doc. I will fight back. Don't make me. Okay. So, however, Mariko, like, is looking at herself in the mirror and thinks, God, what would I wear? What, what should I do? I... How should I, you know, like, doll myself up? And bear in mind that this is less than maybe five minutes of actual time in the episode that has passed since we had the moment in which Kanbei said, do not ask Lily for advice on how to act in real life. I will give you no prizes and no points for guessing what Moriko decides to do next. So immediately Hayashi goes and asks Lily, you know, about fashion. But of course... Hayashi has to, like, you know, swap the genders around, say, like, what do you reckon a woman would wear who's going on a night out? Not that I'm a woman at all, I promise. What, just, I mean, why are you asking? This, this is, I mean, what? this is, this is Morika's, like, ge- sorry, Morika's, like, game plan every time she has to ask anything real life related. Just change maybe one or two details. Find to replace the genders in her little script in her head and go from there. I mean, Sakurai's quite sharp, but he hasn't yet picked up on this. Like, he's either, like, incredibly on the point or completely oblivious to what's happening before his eyes. Although, uh, bits and parts of it are now starting to fall in place for him. So Yeah, and I think, I I think, yeah, so he earlier had said, uh, is Hayashi Moriko? And then he's like, no, there's just no way. And so, I think he's deliberately forcing himself to not put those pieces together. You know what I mean? In in this case, I think he's just in denial right now. That would be correct, I would say. Um, but at this time, however, when this discussion starts up, uh, Kanbei arrives. Now, oh. Kanbei, of course, knows what's going on. He knows uh, who Hayashi actually is. Um, but I think it's also worth pointing out that, to my knowledge, Hayashi, sorry, Kanbei does not know who plays Lily. As far as he's concerned, Lily's just Lily. He doesn't know who is behind, the, you know, the pink hair and all that. Which I think is important because not only does that help sell the comedy of this scene that we've got, like, this strange, like, comedy of errors, like, almost Midsummer Night nonsense of here's this person who knows this about this person, this person doesn't know about that, and they're having a, the same conversation, but some of them have some knowledge the others don't. Um, I think it's also important just because... This, this might be the secret triangle. It ver- very well could be. Kanbei, while he doesn't know Lily is, you know, Sakura Yuta, he does know that Lily is played by a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can tell that from the DM he's, he sends, that L- ah, Lily yes, sends, right. sends to Kanbei and says, why did you put us back on topic when I tried to change the subject? I'm a man. I don't know how to answer this question. <laughs> you're, you're entirely correct, actually. Yes, he does know that. He just doesn't know specifically who it is. So... They have a discussion um, in which um, Lily, Sakurai, argues for, like, long flowing hair as, like, you know, the essence of a woman's hair. Now, I have to say... He's so mad (laughs) because Conway says short hair is best. And then Lily gets so indignant. It's just like, long hair is, like, the essence of a woman's romance. And just, like, 
so like gets on the soapbox about it and uh Conway again loving to poke people just casually dismissing her <laughs> it's beautiful I, I have i have to say like when sakurai like says that he's down with long hair although we don't see it or any in any form i do have to wonder if he's thinking that because he's thinking the morocco at the time that someone like that question is posed to him oh that's interesting yeah but possibly yeah. maybe yeah it could, uh, could be he is could, extremely could passionate though <laughs> and that is very true he's he's all in on this he's all in on like you know how he how he thinks it should go like you know get a blouse and everything like that so but moriko like is caught between these two opinions short hair long hair and now why is she so grateful for like i'm sorry i'm just stuck on this i, I apologize for cutting you off like that's fine why why is would hayashi you know ostensibly played by a uh you know male university student uh just be like not only what would a lady wear to a date but when lily just is like oh a blouse a skirt and a cardigan he's like oh thank you so much like i mean come on (laughs) like i said sakurai sakurai alternates between being like you know sherlock holmes's level of deductive reasoning to being as dense as uh, you know as dense as concrete i'm not even saying he needs to figure it out but it's just weird i mean who i mean why would you not just be like why do oh why do you want to know weird (laughs) just ask for some context behind this discussion Mm -hmm. like that's all he needs to do Mm -hmm. but but what happens next though i find is interesting and i'm hoping that again maybe i'm jumping to wild fantastical magical conclusions here but Here's the thing, right? Okay. So remember the hair, right? Yep. Lily, Sakurai, suggested long. And Fujimoto, Kanbe, suggested short. Moriko goes to the hairdressers. Someone else. Who else said long? Was that was Lila? the hairdresser. That oh, was the hairdresser. Yeah, at some point, yeah, she says two to one for long. But yes, 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 yes. Because that's right. The hairdresser says long hair suits you. Is the hairdresser lilac? No, I don't believe in it. Okay. Because I thought they looked to... remarkably similar. I'd have to go back and check, but I'm of the opinion it's not. I, no, I, I'm at, no, I'm actually certain it's not, because the hairdresser did not have a ponytail well as Lilac does. I'd have to go back and check, but I'm fairly confident. Okay. In fact, I have the episode right. Let me go find this. I'm going to check. Where's that scene? She's, she's probably older than Lilac anyways. Uh, it's not Lilac. Okay. Okay, right. Anyway, so, Mariko, however... Taking all of these on board goes for a different option, which is to have her hair cut to medium length rather than short. Admittedly, to me, it still looks short, but that doesn't matter. I'm interested in this, and I'll tell you why. Because I get the impression that Moriko generally doesn't make a lot of decisions for herself, with the exception of, of course, quitting her job. But actually, like, you know, taking decisive action is something she's not really that great at from what we've seen so far. I mean, let's be honest. Especially when people that she uh knows have taken different sides i can see that being one that is a a scenario that she would avoid like the plague and speaking of avoiding like the plague i can guarantee that if she had more self-confidence she would have turned down kowai there and then in the supermarket but she felt cornered (laughs) now to be fair kowai is a very imposing gentleman like he was very smooth talking when he came on set like he didn't leave her an out and she recognized that there's always an out, and the out is not interested. Thank you. Goodbye. Exactly. It could be right. you, that's all you need. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if this will develop later in the show to suggest that Moriko's finally developing some sort of agency for herself, like that she, you know, feels she can start making decisions on how she wants to look because how she wants to look, not because she's trying to please someone else. I mean, we after will, all, uh, she did. We will revisit this topic in episode six. Yes, and. Bear in mind, after all, she's already done that, but in a different arena, which is in the MMO, where before she even met anyone, she decided how Ayashi wanted to look mm-hmm. purely to please herself. It wasn't to please anyone else. And I think that, generally speaking, a healthy attitude to have is that it's important to be able to define and take actions for yourself to please yourself. That That's not the same as being selfish. 
I'm saying that, like, you know, it's good to live for yourself, to live for you. So, while in the end she is having a haircut because she is going on a date, the way she gets a haircut is an option that was not on the table as suggested by three different people. It was admittedly, you know, a compromise, we can call it, but it's still something different. So, I'm hoping that that will develop and bloom over more time there to give her more confidence. Because... If I may address a slight elephant in the room here, I could see people getting annoyed at this show if Moriko's problems are solved through her forming a romantic relationship. Now, note that I didn't say that necessarily the man there, just a relationship in general, doesn't matter if it's a man or not. But I've often had this opinion that I think to me, like, people need to stand on their own two legs. Romantic relationships should complement a person and not define them or shore them up. I've known many a woman in my time who they were so deeply in love with their partner, their boyfriend, whoever, who who treated them like dirt. But they didn't have, like, the self-respect or the, you know, the dignity to say, I can be on my own and be self-sufficient. I'm going to confess, for the longest time, I didn't feel like I was self-sufficient or worthwhile as as a single person. I felt I needed someone to define me and validate me. Um, not anymore, thankfully. That has changed, of which I'm glad for. But I think that I'm, or I'm hoping that at least to a little bit, Mariko's success in this show and her overcoming this crisis that she's in, because again, as much as we might find this to be laughy-jokey, this can't stay forever. Her money will run out eventually. It's going to happen. That's inevitable. I want to at least see a part of her success in overcoming this be down to herself and not necessarily entirely because she, say, ends up hooking up with Sakurai. Now, don't get me wrong, that's still going to be hella satisfying. I'm going to fucking love that when it happens. I'm going <laughs> to I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be there, like, jumping up in my seat, smashing two beer cans together, and I'm like, yes! I mean, like I've said to you, Doc, it's going to be like in a football match when you get the, when you get the goal and everyone just leaps out of the chair and starts screaming. That's going to be me. Shirts, shirts coming off. Oh, oh hell yes! I'll, 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 run, I'll run down the corridor in my flat and I'll just, like... You know, leap in the air and start scraping my knees on the landing. Take out the entire carpet, but it'll be worth it. I'll be scream- I'll be I'll be screaming like it's the Battle of Three Hundred. Like yes, they kissed. Yes, I'll be uh, by myself doing the Daniel Sturridge robot. <laughs> is it the robot? He has some kind of dance. It's superior to the Peter Crouch robot, in my opinion, which is pretty also fantastic. Anyway, enough football. Trivia, good. Please continue. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew saying I knew saying football related stuff would get you going because you are a football man. You, you're more of a football man than mine. I am, and I'm a Brit, so make of that what you will, folks. So my point is that I hope um, for you know the whole like nice, warm, whole, holistic, fuzzy feeling that you know doesn't make me take the interpretation that romantic relationships save people in an entirely in of themselves as opposed to something else. I want to see Morocco succeed. Because she gains self-respect, self-confidence, self-determination that's not anything to do with a guy or a girl or who or whatever, you know, the significant other. Yeah. I, that's what I want to see. Um, and hey, that's the, that, those two things can coexist. The, getting the guy or getting the girl can be a side benefit of gaining that self-determination, that self-respect. Sometimes... You know, you don't have it. And then meeting someone can be something that is a catalyst or it kind of helps you to get there. For sure. Even though ultimately you, like, in the end, you are getting there. Because I I do agree with you that, you know, it's easy for me to say this to a man who, you know, is married and has been for a long time. So I don't know, like... You know, or I haven't known for a while, like the the pain of you know being lonely when you don't want to be. Um, but I mean, I think the the most important thing, you know, to being a happy, healthy person, is to realize that you are the source of your own happiness. Rather, yes. Rather than depending on someone else to be. <laughs> please. No, uh, please. that's that is no, that's that's no joke. That is le- that is legitimately my response to that, because it's so right and it is so true. And I think that's finally, to, to seal off this point, I want Moriko to have found her happiness before she hooks up with Sakurai, as opposed to after. Right. 
I want there to be that defining that. point. Mm-hmm. And maybe that can ha- maybe this can happen within minutes of each other. Yeah. Like literally she goes up to him having like as he walks away again we're pitching scenes here, but <laughs> like walk as he's walking away, he's like I'm finally happy with who I am, and then maybe you can be happy with me. I don't know. I'm making rubbish, like jokey rom-com lines, like sappy shit up as I go along here. You, you, you get my point anyway. Like that's what I hope to see. Mm-hmm. So please, anime, don't fuck it up. Please, 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 please. Manga written before. Please don't have fucked it up. <laughs> okay, so uh, back on topic. Haircut has been done, and now. This is the point, actually, where the anime, like, pulls a nice little bit of concealing and building up for the reveal. Because the only thing we see of Moriko at this point is her putting on eyeliner. Right. And it's close-up shots, so we don't know what she looks like. Um, She's got new clothes, she's got blouse. Um, In the same time, Sakurai is having a phone call with Kowai, and the theory I had before about what Kowai's up to is I think he deliberately misled Moriko on the date that they were meant to be having their date. Yeah, because you I know think she so gets because con- you know she gets confused about the um, the date that was happening. But I think that he told her one thing and has told Sakurai a different one. I agree, and and this by chance has led him through the MMO to get some more idea of you know the fact that Moriko is Hayashi, and then also leads to the beating in later on in this episode at the end of it. As a matter of fact, so it gets to the point where where so, so if you be- if you believe that, but you also don't believe that. He- that his ultimate goal is to bring them together. I'm very curious as to how those two things are commensurate. Um, for one simple reason, I think that he is of the opinion that if Sakurai doesn't pull his that finger out of his ass and doesn't get things going, then he has every right to do so. Yeah. Uh, okay. I can I can agree with that. I think I, I think that that's I think that's right. But I think first and foremost, he wants Sakurai to have a chance to do to do this. <laughs> He wants him to have a chance, but he's then not against, you know, being the one who overtakes him in the race, so to yeah. speak. Yeah, or, or, I mean, I think what how I would um, choose to believe, right, that it, that it is working out is that uh, he thinks that his Kohai will not make a move unless his feet are to the fire, unless, uh, like Lilac said, you know, she, Lilac alluded to, like, you always, you know, once something has been taken from you, you realize that's what you wanted. And I think yeah. maybe uh, Koiwai is presenting, you know, pretending to be that sort of threat, you know, of like, come on, uh, Sakura-chan, like, your Morimori-chan is about to be taken away if you don't do something. Like, any guy could come along like me and just grab her up <laughs> if you don't yeah. fucking pull the trigger. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So that's what I think, but I could be way wrong. I think that's reasonable, but the problem with that behavior, though, is that sometimes you can foresee... Oh, I know. Uh, ...someone else... You can foresee it already being over because someone else has made the approach, never mind if they succeed or not. Yeah. So although Kawhi is trying to push Sakurai into doing something by making these moves on Moriko, as far as Sakurai feels, or at least I imagine he feels... Because he's already made those moves, that's it. Game over. That it's done. He's he's played the first move, and that's already checkmated him. <laughs> I know. Once he's in the simulation, he's like, "No, I I like this. Yes, I'm I'm not I'm not logging out. This is where I am. <laughs> Fuck you, exactly. Sakurai. <laughs> and oh, who could blame dear. him? But oh, I've got pl- I've got plenty to say about Sakurai in the next episode. But look, I, I I am like I'm glad that we brought this up because I am very much happier believing that like Kowai has been the puppet master here uh, as opposed to it being just like a simple misunderstanding that almost fucks things up because like so many anime rom coms that I have seen. Or it's it part way of a lot of times over the last few years I've hit eject and gotten out of there when this happens. They're just based on, around misunderstandings, and it it truly frustrates me. I really don't like rom coms that are uh, that trade in misunderstandings uh, as their chief kind of um, way to move the story forward. Like it's just too frustrating for me. Uh, I understand that some people find them funny or whatever, but like. 
I just find myself getting so invested that when the misunderstandings are never fully resolved, you know, the guy is never like, well, you know, that one time you thought I was dating someone else, like, I actually wasn't. I've only been interested in you. It's like they just get together and they don't. And it seems like it's water under the bridge and no one ever brings it up. Like, that just builds up and bothers me. I'm going off on a tangent. Apologize. Because that's, no, not, no, no, that's that... not happened here. Thank Christ. Uh, so far, let's hope. Let's hope it sticks the course. Let's hope. I think I, ju- I just want to, like, take a moment of silence for Mori Mori's long hair. Because I loved it so much. It was great. But... I'll, I'll concede when we get to the reveal. Uh, any, yeah, I'm, I'm making the little, you know, you've got your forefinger and your thumb. And you hold it together in a little circle and your finger's up like, nice. <laughs> that kind of gesture. Right. Um, so at this point, um, Lily Sakurai is online with the rest of the guild and they're about to do a dungeon in what I think looks like Satan's toilet. Because it's just, it looks, it looks... <laughs> Like, could you have built a dungeon that looks more demonic than that? It really just looks like a festering shithole. Lily, however, can't concentrate. Sakurai knows that Moriko's going to be out there tonight. And he knows where they're going, or at least thinks he knows where they're going. Um, And he's like, God, what do I do? What do I do? So he's like, right, folks, I'm going to go. I've got to go. Something surgeon has come up. And he logs off. And then he makes for the station where he thinks that Moriko will be. Uh, by the way, after the point in which we saw Morico get a haircut, we have not seen her in full shot at any point in the past, like, five minutes. Right. So I really like this little build-up here to her new look. Mm-hmm. I like that it keeps this restraint. Like, you see, like, a shot of her in the blouse, like, but you don't see her face. You see her looking at her watch, but it's just of her wrist. Mm. Um, so, Sakurai is running through a crowd of, like, you know, bl- faceless black people. I think he might possibly be stuck in the dark hour. It just hit me how right you are about the dark hour. So amazing. They, they, all of them are black silhouettes. So great. <laughs> like they're, they're not coffins, admittedly, but it's close <laughs> enough. But anyway, we get the reveal, and God bless Mariko. She looks adorable. She looks great. Yep. You you hear sometimes about people like you know having makeovers when they've been through like a bit of a crappy time. There's even been shows dedicated to this. Many, like, many, many shows. Yes. Many of which I've seen because. Before we cut our cord and were cable folks, uh, my wife watched a lot of those kind of shows. Yeah, but I, you know what, right? I think there is genuine worth to having a makeover sometimes if you want to yeah. help, like, you know, get yourself started. I mean, I'll tell you for free, right? I had, I started shaving my head and going skinhead when I was 26, 27, maybe? Mm-hmm. 27, I believe. And I'll tell you this, I should have done it so much sooner. Because mm. I looked infinitely better with a shaved head than I did with this little, like, oven top, like, mop brush bullshit I had going previously. <laughs> looked fucking awful. Uh, oh, come on. So, shaved head, grew come beard, looks, look, looks a lot better for it. And Moriko, with her short hair, like, no bags under her eyes, dressed in this skirt and blouse, like, she looks fantastic. She, lo- she looks like a pretty a pretty woman. Enough said. I mean I'm no I'm no like, you know, appreciator of two D like, you know, waifus and all that. I don't I don't buy into two D as something I can find attractive. Three D P D you got me. <laughs> but I have to say, like, it's great seeing that her like, you know, Gundago this little transformation here. And Sakurai, he reacts as you'd expect by looking like he's about to faint and he's just blown away. Like, I swear if he'd have literally started quoting like that fucking, like, you know, balcony scene from Romeo and Juliet, I'd have reached into the show and I'd have slapped him. Ah. I'd have been like, no! Now's not the time! So, yes, uh, that's the scene that the show ends on with them meeting in the street as she walks away. Oh, sorry, go on. Well, there's a, there's a part, uh, you know, while she's waiting and he, uh, Sakurai, is getting a cab over there after, yes. after talking to Kowai. And she's waiting, and she's waited an hour, and she starts fantasizing. Yes, you know, where she does. Koi is like, "Oh, you, you were, you thought I was being serious that I was actually gonna pick you up for a date?" And uh, ah, like, no, it's it's no. it's just um, it made me very sad because of course, of course, she would 
she would think it was her fault that she got stood up. I can so, like, I have been there. You and me both, my friend. I mean, just to have that kind of inferiority complex and those kind of anxieties knowing it, you, like, that was me as a, you know, male version of that 10, 12, 13 years ago. Like, I, mm. I have been there and it, it was painful to to revisit some of those feelings in my own life. And I felt, uh, I felt really sad for her. Yeah, me too. You know, in his, his fucking grand scheme, Koiwai sort of brought those feelings upon her. Um, you know, he's not like, how can he know that she's going to feel that way? But in his like harebrained, you know, idea of bringing these guys together, I feel like there was probably, there's had to be a cleaner way to do it, but ultimately it worked out. And like, as Sakurai is like, you know, approaching the seas, like, is he running? Is he running up to her to, to where, yeah, he is. where she is? Yeah, and then like she doesn't see him, and she starts to leave. The Michael McDonald song, "What a Fool, <laughs> What a Fool Believes," just starts like playing in my head. As she rises to her apology, everybody else was surely know. He's watching her go. Like that is just happening in my head, and then you know the piano. And like as she's slow motion walking away, I was like, "That's just, it's just playing in my head." And I'm just like, "No, don't let her go." I have I have three things I need to say in response to what you just said to me. One, as you were singing that, I was waving my arms in the air back and forth. <laughs> I am doing that right now, actually. Um, I don't know if you'll hear the cheek creak in my chair on the edit, but that's literally the truth. Uh, two. Um, would-be video editors who might be listening to this podcast, if you want to do us a real solid and give Doc an early Christmas present, uh, someone put that song over that scene for us, yes, please. That, that part. Please. I, I will repay you in immense gratitude and a Kit Kat if I can ship it. it. If I can ship it out to you, I'll give you a fucking Kit Kat. There you go. One more deed. And free. When I was watching this and she started walking away, I was like, if you end this episode on her walking away without them seeing each other and talking to each other, even just the once, like, that he misses his chance after this wonderful reveal of how she looks now. Just, just, just could, I, I wouldn't be able to cope. But thankfully, that's not what happens. I think it just proves how emotionally invested we are in the show and the characters, because... You know, taking a step back rationally, the tone of the anime and the the goals of the anime, like, this would be, if it did that, it would be like a, it would just be a a script flipping of epic proportions. Like, that's just not what it's seemed to be setting out to do is, is, uh, hurt, is hurt us in that way. But like, but we're so caught up in the moment. And think, thinking that that's a live option, like I think that that speaks really well of the show. I think I think that's true. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, so that's the end of the episode. But there's one other thing I need to note in that there's a small change to the ending. So uh, in the ending, um, various scenes flip by of Morico in her apartment, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, prior to this point, the final scene was of her sitting down with her long hair. At, in the darkness at her PC. Now, it's of her new appearance, and she does a slight head tilt and smiles before it cuts to the next episode preview uh, after that. Wow. I've, I have to fess up and say I have not been watching the ED. I, I, caught, it, I caught it by chance. Um, and I was like, you know what? That's great. That's so great, because... She's still t- spending time on the IMO, but she's got the new look and she looks like she's actually, you know, not half dead inside. <laughs> you you go, girl. You fucking go. Yep. You, you play that IMO. You have a fucking good time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We're we'll rooting for you. <laughs> Just don't play World of Warcraft. It wasn't the same since Wrath of the Lich came. <laughs> Stop buying loot boxes. Why did you buy Battlefront 2? You can't even refund it anymore! 
Shit. Anyway, that's, that's the episode. episode five. So there we go. So, Doc, what were your thoughts on the episode overall? Do you have anything you want to add that we might have otherwise missed out? No, I think I um I brought up all the points that I wanted to while we were discussing the the plot. I thought that this was a very strong episode. Um hmm. I was pretty caught up in all the stuff that was happening. And this is actually where like I didn't start watching the show until it was probably f- maybe four or five weeks in. So this is one of the last this this was either either episode four was the last one I saw, and then the next day five came out, or I watched all five in the same day, and this is the last one I got to see before, you know, taking a break and like the show really does lend itself well to marathon viewing and like I thought this was a really good way to end a long session with it. Um, it felt like we'd made a lot of progress and significant things were happening and lots of funny moments, lots of cool, interesting reveals. Like uh, I was super duper into this one. And so uh, I am going to give this episode 4.5 Doobie Brothers out of five. <laughs> um. I'm in absolute agreement, um, with the exception of the thing that I brought up earlier with this whole discussion with Leo, which I think, yes, like this to me feels comparable with the others, but I think that with that it's slightly lower. But I don't have the heart to knock it below a four, so I am going to go with four out of five haircuts for this one. Snip, 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 indeed. So we've had a bit of feedback here and there. Um, <clears throat> we have, we have. Thank you, everybody, yeah. for sending us tweets and for commenting on, you know, the, the blog, uh, this wordpress.com. Feel free to leave any feedback there, uh, on wave motion. Canon is hosting these as YouTube videos. Please leave comments there. We've gotten, uh, we've gotten a comment about the name as well. Uh, that fruit de mer means seafood, um, which is hilarious. Was right. Yes. Yes. Uh, makes me think of the the video game the recent playstation 4 release ace of seafood that's one of those games that you look at and you're like what the fuck is this um but no please <laughs> please tweet us at what are we de show email what are we just what are we de show at gmail.com or you know leave uh comments on the soundcloud um they have a really nice feature that lets you leave a comment at the exact point in the podcast like a little flag will show up you know with your comments and we'll know hey they're talking about this thing we said for sure so please give us all the feedbacks and thank you for everyone who's done so so far indeed uh speaking of which let's discuss that so we've had a regular commenter on this series so far uh panino manino um which is an amazing name uh shout out to panino um panino has left a couple of comments there so i'm going to start with the one that came up on episode two of our stream of thought on this. He mentions that um, he initially was concerned about seeing um, more in-depth discussion of Morico's, like work issues um, that might suck the fun of out of the anime. Mm-hmm. And not an, un- an unwelcome con- uh, concern there. I, would, I can see where he's coming from absolutely with that. I think that for me, like I stand by what I said when I discussed the idea of um, needing a bit more in-depth of a discussion on Mariko's work issues. But I, against also stand by my point that I don't think you need to go, like, absolute bottom of, like, bottom of the seas deep on this. I think a bit more would be welcome, uh, but not, like, all in on it. Because I can totally get how it would be tonally dissonant and it would take away the fun of it as well. But I think that, you know, if you pump it up a little more, you can get a nice midpoint there where it'll make the resolution more satisfying without damaging the tone or taking away from the funny moments. That's just my perspective, though. I don't pretend to make that, like, you know, to be objective truth or, like, you know, the one way in which all anime must be made. <laughs> uh, I think treat it like salt. You know, a, a light dash uh, sprinkled throughout. Not too much. That'll That'll kill the flavor of the meal um but a little bit certainly is is a nice a nice touch uh in a laser comment he makes he has a theory as well 
Uh, in the ending, um, now I don't agree with this because I don't think it's Moriko that he's referring to here. But there's a scene of Sakurai popping up his glasses um, and there's a woman in the background who walks in and then walks out again. And he thinks that's Moriko. I'm thinking, no. I don't think it is just based on look, but also that's pushing the coincidence boat really out to sea there. That they happen to be in the same goddamn office. Like, bear in mind that Sakurai and Kowai, like, work together directly. And they were fil- and he called Moriko from a different building entirely one evening. Well, that was an old job he had. He said he quit that job. He he did. You know, so, um, uh, so they might not even... Yeah. Like, I'd, I, I think if you're going to use the fact that Kowai and Sakurai work together and... Previously, Koiwai and uh, Mori Mori-chan uh, worked uh, approximately together. That all three of them work in the same company, so could be in the same building. Like I think, I, I don't think that there's evidence to necessarily support that because, again, he quit uh, and he was working somewhere different now. Hmm. So she, the building and company, I think she would have been affiliated with. I don't. I don't think he's with them any longer, you know, unless mm. he was being misleading by saying he got a promotion. I mean, I think he said he quit and got a different job. So yeah, yeah I don't think, I don't think that's so admit, but admittedly I haven't seen the ED. So what do I know? <laughs> I, I don't know. I think I, I'm all for incidental detail, but that leaves, that puts a ton of stuff. It's like, I'm fairly confident that the way Moriko reacts with, like when she sees Sakurai for the first time in the hospital Unless you really want to make the the, the theory right. that it was head trauma that did this in. But the way she acts suggests she's never seen him before. Yet if they worked in the same office for so long, until she quit, there's no way that they wouldn't have bumped into her. Never mind that that is then reversed and that Sakurai doesn't know who she is either. So I'm I, I'm not of the opinion it is Morocco. I You know what irony is, irony is? Like I've said before, like, you know, all things exist in the scene. I don't know who that fucking woman is. It doesn't matter. I don't know. God, maybe this is making me a hypocrite, but I don't think it's Morocco because if it is Morocco, wooey, that's uh, that's got plot holes and galore in it. And <laughs> on top of that, it's just again a really contrived. Like, oh, you were there supporting me all along, and then there's me just throwing up in the. There's just me puking in the there toilet. Is not a, I think that 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 would be over determining and over interpreting the evidence i think that there is plenty of other hypotheses you know that you could come to based on the evidence yeah, that but by that same true. token i'll also concede that if i'm making that statement about that in that particular ending then my interpretations of the opening similarly are also up for the same scrutiny as to how relevant they may turn out to be we'll see there's still all to play for in the game in the you know the game of mmo junkie <laughs> All right, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are now going to close the episode for the time being. There's more feedback that we'll cover next time. Um, righto, righto. But for the moment, uh, thank you all very much for listening. Uh, you can find me at Shaden1010 on Twitter or on my Curious Cat, which is curiouscat.me forward slash Shane. Doc, would you care to, you know, leave uh, your details where people can send you spam mail and, you know, all that usual good stuff? Yes, I am at the subtle doctor on Twitter, curiouscat.me slash the subtle doctor. Um, if you want to read, uh, things that myself, Shaden, or other folks, uh, that we know in an online sense have written, it's wavemotioncanon.com. Wavemotioncanon has a YouTube channel where these are going up. Podcasts will eventually be going up once again. Uh, production has halted on those because of our producer's real life schedule, but those will be coming back. Uh, meanwhile, there's a wave motion cannon as a separate video game channel on YouTube, uh, where we post like, um, long plays and let's plays and what have you. So if you want to listen to us play video games, that that's there, the, I've given you all the podcast info earlier in the episode, but please get a hold of us. Please leave us a review or rating. Like we'd appreciate all that stuff. And Yeah. Thanks for sticking around for episode five of this. We're having a good time doing it. Hell yes. And as always, folks, embrace each other, everyone, till the ends of the universe. Good night.
Give me my